Welcome to the Decode Fintech podcast brought to you by Paystack. I'm your host, Khadija, Head of Product at Paystack. The Decode Fintech podcast is where the people building Africa's financial infrastructure share what they're seeing on the front lines. It's everything from what's working to what's not and even what's next. In each episode, an operator shares insights on how they're handling everything from product development to marketing in some of the world's fastest changing business environments. Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, cryptocurrencies continue to dominate the headlines. What's going on in Nigeria's cryptocurrency landscape? How have the regulators responded and what does the future hold? Our guest today is Kimi Ajiboye, co-founder and CEO of Bycoins, a service that enables users trade cryptocurrencies. Timmy shares what he's learned from building one of Nigeria's largest cryptocurrency platforms. Now let's head over to Timmy. Hi guys. Welcome Timmy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like how does one become the founder of Bycoins? I'm a software developer. Uh, that's generally what I do mostly. And I've spent pretty much the whole of my, I guess, career freelancing and building all sorts of products for, I guess, right. any client that has money, money to, to pay. pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's the, I guess, the only characteristic of myself that I think directly translates to being the founder of a cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Did you have any history with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency before you started doing this? No, actually, the, the my first, um, I guess, interaction with crypto was, I think, a month or two before I started um, the first version of what is now Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah, I didn't understand it at all. So for the uninitiated, what exactly is Bitcoin? Like, what do people use it for? As with everything... Um, I guess everything technical. There's a long, boring version of how it came to be. Like what what it is. Mm-hmm. There's a very scientific explanation, but no one no one really cares. It's like if you ask me what FaceTime is, I wouldn't tell you. Oh, it's bytes traveling over sockets. Blah blah blah. Nope. No, no one cares. Mm-hmm. So, as of today, people use cryptocurrency for two things. One as a um, actually, maybe three. Store or value that can be transferred. Um, like a wallet or prepaid card like Naira. or something. Okay. Like, like Naira or, okay. or dollar. Okay, so like money. Exactly like money. All right, that's one. Just that uh, you don't need a bank or I guess anyone to tell you that you have this money or you sent this money. Okay. Verification of that process happens inherently with the system of the money itself. Okay. That, that's how it works. I thought you were going to start losing all spots. Yeah. We're still on track. And then people treat um, crypto as a form of security. It's pretty risky, but they speculate, they buy. And it's the same thing they do with money too. Uh, oh. So like how you trade stocks. Yeah. Right? People trade in cryptocurrency. Yeah. All right. That's two. Yeah, I think that's about it oh, for, for okay. most use cases. Great. So we're all like Bitcoin experts now. Yay. Yep. Could you tell us the story of how Bitcoins came to be today? Early 2017, um, a friend of mine, he was playing around with uh, buying Ethereum, which is another cryptocurrency, and he got <laughs> he got about $600 worth of Ethereum. And in a couple of months, it became, what, 20000 What? And my brain 
couldn't compute. Like I needed to know what what was happening. Hmm. Right. I needed to understand what was happening. Immediately I could see um how you know, buying crypto and sending to my friend in the US to help me get something would, would probably be faster and even a lot of the times cheaper than trying to, I guess, wire or like PayPal money abroad. I see. And I was also freelancing a lot for international clients and I guess getting paid in crypto was also much faster. Oh, and I see. A lot of the times cheaper too. Um, I guess the only problem is like volatility, so you have to change it to your currency fast, fast. For the, <laughs> for the value changes. For the price changes. Right. So I, I could see that, and the main frustration for me was how difficult it was to buy and sell this crypto in Nigeria. Huh. Um, the process was very um, slow, fraud prone. You you could never know for a fact that you know you were going to get your crypto or your money. Uh, yeah, and everything took an hour, and I was like, this is 2017. I don't think it makes sense that things should be this slow. People are doing it in other countries, so uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. I, I was wrong about how easy it would be to make sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what got me started. Yeah. Wow. So, at what point did you decide like that this could be a business over you could just like use it as a consumer? You know, to sort out your own immediate payment needs. I'm not even sure I decided. Wow. Um, so at the time, I was taking some time off working to build something else, which I thought was going to be the startup that I'll be working on by now. Okay. And then I got obsessed with this, and then I built it, and then people started using it uh-huh. and putting their money wow. and their crypto on it. And well, here I am today. <laughs> so I think they decided for me. Um, and I guess it was something I, I, I believed in, I guess, what it could do for us, which we, we mm. can get into mm. later. So, mm. yeah. so I'm just going to probe a bit further because I'm very curious about that journey in itself. So you encountered cryptocurrency through a friend, just like how he hammered and then you started trying to understand it and realized how it could be so much easier to leverage on cryptocurrency for like um, moving money between Nigeria and other countries, getting paid, sending money and things like that. And then you start experimenting with building something, yeah. right? That could work. So from the moment when you built this thing, how did it get out to like, even if it's your immediate um, environment, like your friends and family, and then like, how do people start hearing about it? How do people start using it? And then when did you say, oh, wow, this is like a real thing. I, I get very excited when mm-hmm. I'm building something. I get really obsessed. Okay. So if you are in my immediate environment, there's no way you will escape <laughs> okay. hearing or knowing. Even if you're just in my immediate environment for two hours, it, you can't wow. escape it. I'm, I'm probably working on it right now in some capacity anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then I guess the internet. I, I, I mean, Twitter, just tweeting something can... Really take it away from your mm-hmm. <laughs> from your hands. Um, yeah. Is a Twitter celebrity? No, no. Yeah. That person is an imposter. It's not mm-hmm. me. I don't know who the person is. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's kind of like your immediate fair, of course, knew about what you were working on and were playing around with it. 
and then you put out the word on Twitter as well that you're working on something and then the reaction was just like well I mean and one thing that's very interesting is people who and we can talk more about them but people who trade mm. crypto for a living mm-hmm. um, they remind me of developers in the sense that you sort of don't really need to market their tools to them they'll find it because this I is their see. living right? okay so if you you know if you if you come out and you say there's this new exchange um we made it here in nigeria it's better and everything else they'll find you they'll check you out I see. and they'll tell you what they think um, okay that's helpful it makes a lot of sense so the first version was uh, bitcoin it's spelled b-i-t-k-o-i right? yeah and it was peer-to-peer I, I was just fixing the things i thought needed to be fixed mm-hmm. from the exchange i was using right mm-hmm. and yeah apparently um people i guess didn't really want that they thought they did for a while but um the stats show that they didn't. really didn't yeah. okay okay and then it evolved into Bycoins, yeah. which still does peer-to-peer. No, actually. Oh. Uh, with Bycoins, you just buy directly from us. It's just like I see. you click a button buy and we just give you coins. You click a button sell and we give you Naira. That's it. Finish. Oh, love it. I love the simplicity. So like apart from Nigeria, are you operational in any other country today? No, not yet. Not yet. Not okay. Yet. Um, but you have plans. Definitely, definitely. Take over the world. The kind of like the goals we have um, set are two things. One, uh, refinement and, and growth. We think we're now at a point where the actual core product is, I guess, the best there is in the market or at least what the users say they want. So how do we now um, intelligently get that to more and more traders, not just the ones we already have? How do we get to the ones that have never heard of us? How do we incentivize them to come and, you know, fix the issues and bugs that might be in the way of that? And then there's also a bunch of things that we're planning to do with um, NGNT, which is a stablecoin that we launched. Um, there'll be There's not much information uh, for the public yet, but there'll be lots of stuff happening in that area. And hopefully, um, maybe towards the end of the year, we'll be launching in other countries, hopefully, yeah. I'm sure you've been like paying attention to the trends in other African countries in, Niger- in addition to Nigeria. Um, do you see like different patterns of behavior or is it just like essentially the same thing? So, I mean, it's very easy to um, see the same like, overarching behavior if you're far from it. So from where I'm standing, it does look like there are a lot of similarities, but I'm sure when it's time to exactly do more in-depth, like... Uh, use our research will find that everyone is crazy in their own different way between 2017 and now um what are some of the key milestones that you've encountered i know you mentioned how surprised you were by the way people took to it so like can you share stats on like user growth or um the amounts that are being traded just things like that um throughout 2019 we did a total of roughly 30 million dollars in trade volume and you know that's about 2.5 million dollars every month on average which is crazy because considering the first year um where like i said we did a whole hundred thousand dollars um and now we do that every roughly every day um and 
there's demand for more. Like people are asking for more. So you know, it's it's you know, it's encouraging and it gets me hyped to to the next level. Hi, it's Khadija here. We'll head back to our guest in just a second, but I'd like us to chat for a bit about what we do at Paystack. Paystack powers payments and growth for some of the most interesting fintech companies operating in Africa. One such company is Ayla Credit. Ayla Credit provides quick loans to individuals and businesses. Business owners can sign up to give their staff access to loans at competitive interest rates. And if you'd like to start an investment journey, they also offer a platform where you can trade stocks. Since Ayla Credit launched, they've given out over 300,000 loans and expanded to the Philippines. Want quick access to affordable credit? Ayla Credit is there to support you. Visit paystack.com slash credit to check out all their loan and investment services. Once again, that's paystack.com slash A-E-L-L-A credit. And now, let's head back to the show. Do you have like a general picture of like what the regulatory landscape looks like? And this is not just for Nigeria, but Africa at large. Like we've heard about some people that are against it in certain countries, some people that encourage it. Um, what's your perspective on like what's happening out there? Um, so there's there's this um, I can't remember which bank released. It. I think it's Echo Bank. This document showing like the um, general receptiveness. Um, yeah, continent wide, and yeah. it's pretty accurate. The I guess summary for most countries is undecided. The next, I guess, most popular feeling is skeptical, right? right. So Nigeria is very undecided, but skeptical. Hmm. Most of it is uh, as a result of, I guess, it's very new and it takes a while to fully understand mm-hmm. the impact, the pros, the cons, there are cons. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I think that that's worth taking time, but it's just a big gray area. For everybody. Yeah. Except I think countries like Morocco, I can't remember, they've completely banned. Wow. Yeah. Like no trading within the country's nope. boundaries. People still trade, yeah. <laughs> As with everything else. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, from all of this, what countries in Africa appear to be the most, I guess, progressive? South Africa. South Africa. Actually, Rwanda. Rwanda is an amazing country. Rwanda and Kenya. I would say South South Africa seems to be more progressive because I think they have like bigger exchanges and mm. people already trade a lot. Mm. But Rwanda's government seems to be actively trying I to see. embrace. Yeah, I see. Yeah. If you're curious about where to set up shop, now you've heard <laughs> <laughs> what countries are more receptive. Bringing you home to Nigeria specifically, what entity is responsible for like regulating? Things like these. No one knows. <laughs> it's it's most likely uh, actually it's, it's very weird because it could be either the CBN or the SEC. Mm. Um, yeah, just right, the Security and Exchange Commission. Yeah, because right. some cryptocurrencies do sort of check um, the boxes yeah. of being in security. Not yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, it might be both or either. Is it like inside just? No, so the way we operate is that we, um, I guess, self-regulate. We, we we have a bunch of friends in the fintech space, Paystack, mm-hmm. Piggy Bank, everyone, mm-hmm. and we act like we're under the same I see. scrutiny. Okay. Even worse because, you know, 
yeah. their skepticism. So we do everything they do and, and more. Um, so we have like, you know, KYC, every user is verified. Um, we have tiered verifications. The more you trade, the more we need to know about your life. Um, there's fraud detection. There's a bunch of stuff that we do to, I guess, show everyone that there's a way to be a compliant, non-criminal cryptocurrency exchange, hmm. even now that there are barely any rules. And I think most of the regulation that we would see, um, well, ideally, it should be geared towards like safeguarding people's monies, right? Yeah. Um, but for now, what systems do you have in place at Bycoins just to ensure that people are safe in terms of their life savings or their identity information, things like that? Yeah, so we, we do a bunch of steps to verify who you are. We check your BVN, we match that with your bank account and you know, your name, your date of birth, your phone number that you registered your BVN with. Um, you cannot receive money into any bank account that doesn't match your name. Um, you do an unusually large transaction. We tell you to send us proof that it's you. Hold a picture or a piece of paper with I'm this person. Wow. You know, all of that. Uh, and, and that's standard practice worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Coinbase, the big exchanges, cracking, everyone oh. does that. And there are limits, you know. You, if someone verifies today, you can't, I guess, let them buy all the crypto in the so world. So we have well. we have yeah. very high tiered users who um we we have a ton of information on them. <laughs> maybe with their birth certificates. Yeah, and um, they can now, I guess, trade really large amounts. Not even on the user-facing uh, application. Yeah. 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 If I wanted to, you know, start my own little Bitcoin exchange tomorrow, um, what advice would you have for me just, like, regarding fraud prevention? I know that a lot of people see it as a volatile thing to do. But if I wanted to get ahead of it, what would you tell me? People don't play with their money. So mm. don't, like, it's, I would rather, um, so there, there are many scenarios where payments look suspicious, mm-hmm. right? Or like transactions look suspicious. But not too suspicious. I don't care. 5% suspicion is enough mm. to put it on hold and verify that this customer actually did this with their oh, cryptocurrency sweet. or with their money. Okay. And you will never regret doing that. Um, and I guess that actually translates across any form of financial services. True. As long as you're dealing with people's money, you can't be too careful. You can't, um, oh, it's you know, it's just the birthday that didn't match. Nope. Uh, Once anything looks suspicious, um, err on the side of caution. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Thanks. Thanks for that. What do you see in terms of the regulatory climate? Like, how do you think? How do you see things change or evolve? over the next few years? Nigeria particularly has a lot to gain from cryptocurrency. With with a lot of industries that are unregulated as of yet, mm-hmm. it's still the thing that stands to be gained is still happening. Right. The only difference is right now the government and I guess the country at large isn't benefiting from it. I see. So Nigeria already trades, by our estimates, about $4 billion worth of crypto every year wow yeah and it's a big remittance play crypto is one of the 
major ways people move ridiculous amounts of money mm. in and out of the country. Mm. And, you know, that fits in with Nigeria's MO. And there, there's a lot to be gained. And judging by how Nigerians are, I, I see how we will warm up to being able to receive and send money internationally. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I see that being a thing that people would like to do. Wow. And even before uh, before banks started, I guess, cracking down on exchanges and mm-hmm. like, shutting down their accounts or really limiting their accounts, uh, if you speak to, I guess, the managers of those banks, they will tell you that they actually liked what was happening. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, liquidity in mm-hmm, the banks mm-hmm. there are lots of transactions things that they really understand but because they don't also understand how this is like they don't know who yeah. is the criminal yeah. they don't know if the user complains <laughs> if somebody opens a bank account and exactly. says this guy scammed me and I bought to it they don't understand mm-hmm. it yeah, so I, I think with time with education and with more people like us doing the right thing and showing you that there is a way to exist you know make money, serve users without being shady. Yeah. I think we will um, embrace it uh, because we, we should. Uh, we yeah. kind of need to. Yeah. 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 It's, it's almost like it's happening regardless. Yeah. So the sooner we're able to have some sort of framework mm-hmm. and, you know, let it be a real thing, then the better for the country at large. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. I think we should do like a test transaction maybe with my bank account. Can just send me some coins and see if or you can buy some goes. I don't want that type. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think um, that's pretty much everything, quite frankly. But like, we have one and like this like the most important question we ask like everybody that we talk to. You know those times when you're just like really down or frustrated with the work. What's that one thing that serves as your go-to that can pick you up at any time? Like, what's your favorite snack or guilty pleasure? Um, hmm. What's the rating of this podcast? <laughs> it has to be edible, like amala or rice or biscuits. I guess if we're talking about anything I can put in my mouth, alcohol would be, you know, the winner. But uh, yeah, I, I like to drink. And uh, cookies. Um, it's, it's special huh. cookies. So you have a sweet tooth? Yeah, I do. I do have a sweet tooth. Interesting. Thank you so much, Timmy, for spending time with us today. It's been a very enlightening conversation. Um, I'm glad. Super excited about the future of Bycoins, and um, I hope we'll be here to see it. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for today's show, folks. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it on social media with the hashtag DecodeFintech. I'll be keeping an eye out on that hashtag and responding to the most interesting questions and comments. To find out about new episodes, please subscribe to the Decode Fintech email newsletter. Every week, we share a tightly curated debrief of the most important fintech news from around the continent, as well as jobs, events, and so much more. To subscribe, kindly visit DecodeFintech.com. Once again, that's decodefintech.com. Decode Fintech is brought to you by Paystack. Paystack helps Africa's most successful fintech companies build powerful, scalable financial service products with the industry's best documented APIs. Please visit paystack.com fintech to find out more. I'm your host, Khadija. See you on the next episode.